And welcome, everybody. Hey, it is August 22nd, and the sun is, I think the sun just went into Virgo this morning, didn't it, Doug? It did. It did. So everybody watch out. They're going to get picky, picky, picky. So anyway, this is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And I'm Eileen Grimes, astrologer, and I have with me my great co-host, Mr. Doug Johnston. Well, I'm glad you recognized me that way. Thank you. <laughs> And it is a beautiful day this morning. It felt refreshing. (laughs) It is. It was raining coming on the way up, and then it just cleared, so it was wonderful. So, Mm. yeah, and it's still summer, so we just have to enjoy what's left of it. So, anyway, today we have on our very special guest, Mr. Ray Grassi, and he's going to be talking to us about just about anything astrological. We had a conversation last night, and we were talking about this one thing that we're going to bring up when I bring him on. Um, it's a special um, astrological event that's happening on Sunday night into Monday at midnight. So we're going to take a look at that. As, and this was just this was just discovered. I di- I'm not going to say that I discovered, but it, but it's literally something that happens when this type of thing happens. People usually get a get wind of it weeks before, and they they're publicizing it. Well, it didn't happen this time. So anyway, so I found it and I publicized it, and what the heck, I. I had a viral catching on of that, so it was kind of cool. So anyway, we're going to be talking about that and all sorts of good stuff today. And so I'm looking forward to today. Are you looking forward to today, Doug? Well, of course. Well, of course. You know, Mercury is in Virgo, so we become so practical. Oh, yes, that's so And humble. Humble and picky. Yes. All all of the above. Why did you add that picky in there? (laughs) Because I have a moon in Virgo. Okay, I know I know what Virgo is about, kind of, mm-hmm. you know, just kind of is that way. Well, you have Saturn in Virgo, right? Saturn stationary in Virgo That's in the right. third house. That's right, you do. So, yeah, yeah. Well, when you have Virgo planets, it means things are extra. I don't know if they're extra weighted, but the the anal- analytical properties of Virgo kind of kick in, so you do, do tend to go over stuff. You look at everything twice. Yes, you do. So anyway, so anyway, we're going to take a break right now. And when we get back, we're going to do the Astro Celebrity of the Week, which is Mr. Edward Snowden today. We're going to bring on Ray to talk about that. So this we'll take a break right now. This is Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. Alternative Talk 1150. We're on your radio at 1150 a.m. We're on your HD radio at 98.9 Channel 3. So many ways to listen. We're on the web at 1150kknw.com. Streaming live audio and video as well as MP3 archives of many of our shows. So many ways to listen. And now, we're on your smartphone or tablet. Download our free app in the Apple App Store or Google Play and take Alternative Talk 1150 anywhere you go. So many ways to listen. Ready to shake things up? Try Alternative Talk 1150. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And now we're going to have the Astral Celebrity of the Week. Thank you very much. And so today we have Edward Snowden, who's, let me just bring on our guest today. We're bringing him on for this segment because I thought, I have a third opinion here, and it will be very interesting. So, Ray, how are you? Hi, I'm good. Good. 
Good. I'm glad to hear you. You sound good. Yes. Yes. Okay. So we're going to be doing uh, Edward Snowden right now. And let me just give out his birth date. That is June 21st, 1983. He's born right on the equinox there at 4.42 a.m. in Elizabeth City, North Carolina. And so I was just wondering, do you have any kind of immediate observations of his chart, Ray? Well, the first thing that jumps out at me, there's a bunch of things, but the first thing is the fact that he's born smack dab on the last Saturn-Pluto conjunction. You know, oh, that's yes. the one that for astrologers that aren't, you know, for listeners that aren't heavily into astrology, this year we've been dealing with the effects of this very heavy Saturn-Pluto, which has shaken things up on a lot of fronts. Yeah. And uh, the last time that happened was the early 80s, and he was under a very tight conjunction. The Pluto was at 26 Libra, and the uh, Saturn was at 27. Right. And, you know, that's uh, that right there, you know, that has a lot to do with power structures. That has a lot to do with, well, it's, it's there's intense depth and power and power. Um, it's, it's a challenging energy, I think, you know, to be, even though he, it's well-aspected in his chart, it's, it has a lot to do with him dealing with power and dealing with power structures and his own power and uh, feeling shut down, you know, by the power and, uh, you know, not taking sides in whether what he did was good or bad. That's not my point at all. It's simply that that's one of the focal points of his chart. And um, right. fortunately, it is trining his son Mars and his sextiling his Neptune, so I think he may come out of it, this whole situation, pretty well. But, uh, boy, he's, he's had some real struggles. Oh, he has. So those people that don't know who he is, how would you describe him? I mean, I mean, when, when Doug suggested this guy, because he's been entering the news again recently, I guess. Uh, Ever was, since uh, Uranus went retrograde on the 15th, and that's pretty much when all of a sudden you start seeing his name show up again. Mm-hmm. Which would at that time he would have had Uranus going into his tenth house. Okay. Yeah. Right. So, I just thought that was interesting that all okay. of a sudden he kind of resurfaced at that time. Right, and you know he was, he was somebody that was um, rather. Um, how would I describe him? Well, he was involved in intelligence, you know, government right. intelligence, right, and okay. secrets and all this sort of thing. And then he became a whistleblower. That's kind of in a nutshell. Yeah, right. You know, but what his story the was. Question is, was he? Is he really a whistleblower? Or is he still a CIA operative? Yeah, that kind of is kind well, that, of a yeah, clouded that's the picture. Question. Yeah. So. Yeah. So, I mean, you could with just... all that Neptune and that Neptune opposed Mars Sun. Right. You know, there's it's it's. it's <laughs> It's kind of slippery. It's very hard to it's tell. It's hard to tell, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So hard to interesting tell chart, though. Very interesting chart. Yeah, it is. Yeah. So, um, Lots of trying. And, you know, the Gemini, right. with the immense, immense intelligence that he has and, and the things that he would do, and the intelligence stuff that he did, you know, that's, right. that's like right up Gemini's road. Well, the know. trying to Saturn really intensifies that, too. Oh, sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, right. Yeah, and I find, you know, his his chart's interesting because I always find Uranus-Jupiter an interesting conjunction because it seems yeah. to bring people, I don't know, whether it's a Jupiter-Uranus aspect does it anyway, but it seems to bring people into a lot of good luck for some reason. You know, do you see it that way, Ray? Absolutely. I think, well, you know, a lot of the people I've done charts for that have strong Jupiter 
uh, Uranus connections, whether we're talking about the um, early 80s or the previous one. I'm forgetting. I think that was the previous one was like within a few days, I think, of uh, Neil Armstrong landing on the moon in July of 69, I think. Okay. Right. And so there is this this opening that you see in the culture where new inventions or cultural breakthroughs and people that are born under it. I can't remember if it was Bill Gates or Steve Jobs or one of those individuals was under a Jupiter-Uranus. So there's often not only, oh, and I think James Cameron. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's often a connection to to um, technological advances or breakthroughs. Right, or, right. Uh, celebrity and that sort of thing you know yeah so i think that's part of it right absolutely yeah and i just kind of noticed that and i thought it was kind of interesting a lot of those that stuff oh we does have a couple of um stationary planets too which are kind of interesting right yeah yes uh, saturn stationary direct i believe right and pluto stationary retrograde is that right direct okay they're both direct okay. oh direct. they're both direct okay and jupiter's kind of slides in with a two degrees Okay, variants. so it's kind of borderline type yeah. of thing. Okay, as Jackie would say, it slides past the baseline. Yeah, Jackie Slevin's method of looking at that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, we, so we kind of use that as a kind of a basis to how to observe if a planet is really stationary or not. So, Pluto and Saturn. Are I give real, a, I real give close. a much broader range on stations than a lot of people do. Oh, you do. Explain. Oh, yeah. I always like to hear the broader things because, yeah. because you know, if you look at somebody's chart and go, well, it could be, it may not be, it might be, but then you see it playing out in their life so strongly and you have to wonder, you know. Um, I like to see what the history yeah. is with the planet and, and what they've had to deal with in their life, you know, to see how... You see, when you're, when you're talking about the outer planets in particular... Like, Pluto can occupy the same degree of the zodiac for two to three months. Right. And uh, Neptune, you know, not quite as long. But they're all, all the outer planets from Jupiter on out occupy. That's the branding iron effect. Where right. Let's say you've got a, a trine or a sextile. Let's say, like, I had Saturn squaring my Mars uh, yeah. earlier this year. And the Saturn was stationing, squaring that Mars for a long time. And that that has a much greater impact, you know, than uh, if it weren't lasting for that long in that degree. Right. And likewise, when someone is born under a station, and I know, I mean, I, I, Jackie and I probably disagree on this, but I think that when you're talking about a Pluto or Neptune or Uranus station in particular, that planet has been occupying that degree for a long time, and so it has this intensity. The The analogy that I've sometimes used is if you're, you're walking down the sidewalk, and there's a stretch of wet concrete in a, on the sidewalk. Now, if you if you run across it really fast, right, it's not going to leave much of an impression. But if you go stand in the middle of it and just stand there for a minute, you're going to sink deeper. Right. Or mud, if you want to use mud as an analogy. But the point is, it's that way with the planet that is stationing. I think that it has a deeper impact right. than uh, if it's just skirting past that degree. Right, exactly. And I was thinking about that because... I have a stationary Uranus in my chart, but it happened, the stationary, the di the change of direction was a week after I was born. But it's still a huge impact because oh, it didn't... that's didn't... absolutely within the orb as far as I'm concerned. Oh, thank goodness. I'm so glad it is. <laughs> I'm born under a Mars and a Saturn station, and they weren't exactly on the day. 
but uh, believe me, I feel I feel both of those. Well, yeah, I mean, I think about when you you in particular, you when you delve into a subject, you go into it a hundred percent. You know, and I do you think you obsess about it. It seems to me not that you obsess. No, that's not very nice of me to say that. But it, you tend okay. to go over and over and over <laughs> it until you get oh, yeah. every little bit out of it that you can. So well, that's also the Virgo rising. But yeah, that's absolutely true. I think that, in fact, I think that when you're born under two station points or three, I think it's the same basic effect as a conjunction between those planets in regular zodiacal terms. Okay. That makes sense because it in, just intensifies everything. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. All right. That's awesome. So, okay, so one of the things that I, I wanted to talk to you about this morning, we talked a little bit last night on the phone about it, was on Monday we have a very special aspect pattern that's happening in the sky at about midnight. And what, huh? We're done. Are we done with him? Are we done? Did you have anything else that you want to say about I'm sorry, I just well, actually, rushed Edward. There are, there are one or two things I wanted to okay, add. Okay, sure, go yeah. ahead. Sure, sure, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Because <laughs> I felt know. like all of a sudden we switched <laughs> subjects so quickly here. <laughs> yeah. What happened? <laughs> I'm sorry. No, the thing is, you know, he's got all that Gemini, which, of course, relates to the information and all this. But um, what's very interesting to me is, you know, with the Saturn and the Jupiter moving into Aquarius, um, you know, at the end of the year and early next year, that's going to be forming trines to his Gemini planets. And I think that could be some kind of resuscitation, if that's the right word, of his reputation. Okay. Maybe they will go through with, you know, kind of bringing him back to America. And, you know, I, I, I don't know, but it'll be very interesting to see how that forms for him over the next two years as far as whether things lighten up for him a little bit. But okay. the other thing, too, is that Jupiter-Uranus, in aspect to Mercury, I have found is a sign of considerable brilliance, mm -hmm. intellectual brilliance. It also, though, because it is an opposition, it can be, like if someone came in off the street and I saw that aspect, I would certainly point out all the positive with that in terms of that intellectual brilliance, that in innovative sort of quality. But it also could be kind of like loose lips sink ships sort of thing, <laughs> or, you know, a hoof and mouth, foot and mouth disease sort of thing. Be careful what so, you say. <laughs> yeah. So, and now he's, he's paid a heavy price for what he's done. And again, I'm not taking a stand on whether it's good or bad. I'm saying that there's, there's, there's a, when you've got that sort of energy, a square or an opposition to the Jupiter-Uranus like that, it can be you know, so expansive that yeah. it just you know, blurts things out and all this. Yeah, so he's, right. That would be a blurting out thing. Yeah, it would. I, I'm sorry, what? It would be blurting out, wouldn't it? Like, without no, yeah. with no, um, uh, what's the word? I don't know. I, my brain is going blank Restraint? today. Restraint? <laughs> yeah. Well, he definitely has more control right now with Pluto Saturn being square oh. and his Pluto and Saturn. Oh, well, that's true. That's a point. Okay. Well, that's true, yeah. Okay. Yeah, the Mars, the Mars Sun, you know, when you see Mars Sun, that can either be a pioneer or just a fighter. You know, there's you can see the fights here. Yeah. You know, he's he's a, he's been battling, you know, these forces and um you know, it's, and the North Node is conjuncting that Mars, which is interesting. It's a fascinating chart, but yeah. that Neptune opposing that Mars Sun, there's all this secrecy and these hidden intrigues right. and all this sort of thing. And it can be in one chart that might be a deceptive sort of devious thing, and another person's chart it can be dealing with deception and right. Right. devious sort of energy. That's a point thing. That's mm -hmm. good. 
Yeah. Okay. We have to take a break. We're really past it here. So we have to take a break really quick and we'll be right back here with the Jupiter Rising show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. This is Martha Norwalk. Every Sunday morning, beginning at 9 a.m., thanks in part to MattShayBooks.com, we cover the world of animals. This week, August 23rd, it's another Talk With Your Animals or Human Loved Ones on this side or the other Sunday with Natasha Venter and Behavior Training and Healing Sunday with me. We'll have open phone lines, so plan to give us a call with your questions or for a free reading from Natasha. On Martha Norwalk's Animal World, Sunday morning, 9 a.m. to noon, right here on Alternative Talk, a.m. 1150. There's a reason they invented the internet. It's called 1150kknw.com. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. I'm with my co-host, Mr. Doug Johnston. I'm here. Yes, just checking. And then also we have... (laughs) 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 I knew you were going to do that. I knew it, Nathan. Anyway, so, uh, and we also have our guest, Mr. Ray Grassi. And so what I want to do is tackle this new subject, which is you're probably all wondering what I was talking about when I was introducing the show about this event that's happening on Monday morning. That's at about midnight on the 24th. Um, I happen to be looking through charts. Let me run through a little bit of a story, backstory first. I was looking through charts that I was looking to do the astrological horoscope for KKNW's website. So I pulled out Gemini's page. Interesting that you two are Gemini's, you know. And so I pulled it up and I looked at the chart and I went, oh, whoa, wait a minute. Whoa, there's something here that I have to look at. And I was looking at the aspect pattern in it. And sure enough, it revealed that there's a Star of David happening on Monday at midnight. So um, and Star of David is two intersected triangles or trines, you know, that one's up pointing up and one's pointing down. And they basically have to do with the spirit and bringing spirit into matter. So um, because the pointing up is towards the heavens and pointing down is toward the earth. So as above, so below. So those kind of all add up. And But it's also very metaphysical and very spiritual sort of thing, too. So anyway, I wanted to bring Ray in. And I, by the way, I shared this on Facebook and it's practically going viral. Well, not really. Maybe mini viral. 400 shares is pretty good. That's not too bad, actually. That's very good. I thought so, too. Yeah, I was not considering that you only know 20 people there. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, 25, 25, 25. My mistake. There's a birdie in here. (laughs) 25. 25. Okay. (laughs) Facebook rules. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, so I want to bring Ray on to talk a little bit about this because I was talking to you about this on the phone last night, what you thought of of a, you know, a Star of David formation. So what do you think, Ray? Well, I, like I mentioned last night, I think that these are extraordinary windows of opportunity when um, you see people have easier access to uh, powerful, creative, or spiritual, uh, innovative energies. But I, like I also mentioned, I also think that they can easily be missed because they're not, they don't hit you in the face. They're no. kind of like these very subtle but very powerful um, uh, energies that if you are aware of them, you can take advantage of them in terms of whether that's meditating or doing rituals or doing creative work or uh, dream work, you know, watching your dreams at that time or uh, starting projects, etc. And um, 
I, I, I think that for the average person, it might come and go without them even noticing it. Right. And I think that for someone that is more attuned to these sorts of subtler energies, it can be a, a great thing where they might be able to really uh, capitalize on it. And that's why I think it's good to know the time. Now, you said it was, I think you said midnight on the uh, It's West about Coast midnight, Earth. approximately. Yeah. yeah. yeah and, and where I am, that would be in the Middle West, that'd be around 2 in the morning. Whereas that's in right. California and New York, that would be around 3 in the morning, I think. Right, exactly. Um, you know, and so it's really I, good to know, you know, when that is. Yeah, and I looked at it and I thought, well, okay, and I looked at further charts when I did the rest of the zodiac, and somehow the the grand trine sort of slipped away because the planets are still moving, you know, on those charts. So, right. but the real determinator was the moon that created it because it's like a kind of creating an empty leg point where it's filling a point that's making up those triangles. Right. Yeah, so, um, yeah, and the thing that's kind of cool is that one of the triangles is a water trine, which is Jupiter, Neptune, and also, no, what? It wasn't Jupiter. It was Neptune, uh, the Moon, and Venus. Interesting trine. Those three are amazing, really miraculous, at least for as far as creative energies go. So um, I'm kind of advising people, you know, that, you know, when it's water stuff, you're just going to have it filter down through your brain and it's going to just sit in there, you know, without you even knowing about it. It may be something you may not be recognizing right away, but it'll happen. It may happen right around then, some sort of creative thing that you really want to manifest. And the earth is bringing it down to earth means, you know, if you've got an idea, you bring it out here and make it real in the physical world. So... That's right. And I think that that also implies that the water signs, Cancer, Scorpio, Pisces, and to a certain degree the earth signs, uh, Taurus, Virgo, and um, uh, <laughs> Capricorn, <laughs> have easier access yeah. to these energies than other people. Yeah. Know? And I, and that's where they, they can maybe feel it a little bit more easily and certainly I think take advantage of it in some ways if they're willing to stay up that way. That's right. Well, you know, it's... It's kind of interesting because when I saw that, I remember having other ev events that happened to me. I told you about one of them that I actually wish I wanted to meet my very favorite person who was a performer, a rock performer. And I wanted to meet him. And I said I wanted to meet him literally right before one of these things happened. And I met him three days later. So I thought that was pretty good manifestation. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I thought so. But, you know, it was um, it was something that I didn't foresee happening and it did. So. It it um it's sort of said that, you know, it is and it's gone on meeting him has opened a lot of doors for me. So, you know, over and that was like about thirty years ago. So it was really amazing. So I, I kinda well, have I, go ahead. Sorry. Well no, I'm just gonna say jumping off of that, I think that, you know, um at that time when that aspect is really forming that uh, six-pointed thing. Yeah. I think that, um, you know, even if you only, you could hold an intention, like you were touching on before, like is there some intention? I, I think that there's always some debate over whether it's, you know, because they're getting into magic, of course, you know, and that's, right. that's tricky because the unintended consequences <laughs> Right. But, and, you know, it might just be that you decide to use the energy to connect to your higher self or connecting to source, however you want to phrase it. And or maybe even, you know, there's a whole school of thought about choosing thine will be done sort of manifestation versus this is what I think ought to be done. Yeah. But either way, you know, however you choose to do it, 
you know, philosophically, I think that energy, you know, certainly can be used in some fashion. Yeah, it really was. And, you know, kind of the end of the story was I met him um, in person. I got his astrological information and I started writing up. I did a write up for his chart, sent it to him. He loved it. And then I kept doing them over and over for the last 25 years. I've been doing yearly updates for his chart. You know, and, mm-hmm. and whenever I go to a concert of his, he always gets me backstage to see him. So, I mean, it's sort of like we became friends out of that, which was really amazing. But, um, yeah. you know, he, he's paid me a lot of high compliments. And I totally, totally, um, I, I totally think he's amazing at what he does. And, you know, and, and a compliment from him was incredibly appreciated. So, Do you happen to remember how that particular pattern intersected with your own horoscope? I don't remember. This was one of, I think this happened in 1995 or 96. This is one that happened right around then. And the the grand sextile around it was really strong, you know. And so um, I'm not exactly sure. I'll have to go back and look because it happened during the summer of of that year, of 1996. So, um, and I had gone to see him actually, I Saw him play downtown in a in a bookstore. It was a solar concert. Then I went out and and ran into him, <laughs> really literally, and started talking to him about what I do. and And he was really interested. So, and you know, and it was really cool. So, do you happen to remember the degree, the main degrees in play this coming Monday? Um, the numbers. No, I don't. I don't have it. Okay. Actually, I don't have it. You, if you, by the way, if you're on Facebook, you can go to my page and you can see the chart. It's there. So um, oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. So it'll it'll show. So it's. I can't remember the exact. I was just so excited to find it that I forgot to look at it. But anyway. Um, so okay. Uh, anything you want to say, Doug? No. <laughs> I'm looking for that ch- chart. Oh, you are. Oh, you are. Okay. Yeah. It's on my page. So right on the front page should be a couple of notes down. Anyway, so thank you very much for the information on that because I thought it was, um, it, it to me it's like having the, the sky open up and falls on your head type of thing. It's like all this inspiration comes through and it's really a clear line of connection to that part of you that can visualize and can manifest things from, from the spiritual world, you know, and... And, you know, I think partly is because I have I'm under a transit. Neptune can join my son. It's partly of this. I'm sure of it. You know, the things are just a little bit otherworldly right now, to say the least. So uh, the water signs are 16 degrees. Um, 16, 12. 20. Can you read it? OK. And let's see. The other one as far as the They're around 20, you know, that was Jupiter, Pluto and. They're around 20, um, 25, 26 degrees of, of the Earth sides. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that's kind 18, of... 18, 10. Okay. And 8. Okay. Okay, so did eight, you get ten, anything eight. from that? Ray? <laughs> um, just that I think for the uh, water signs, well, I, I can't in my head, I'm not good at calculating things in my head, but I'm trying to figure out what sort of you know, birthdays would be most affected by this, but sad to say, I don't think I can do that. Okay, know, that's all that, right. In a second here. Actually, the Venus comes right in a perfect uh, between my Uranus Venus. Oh, okay. Oh, that's cool. 
it would be the mid almost the midpoint. That's great. Okay. So it will play out there. Yeah, I would think that if they if it's making any aspects or anything in your chart, the influence will be quite a bit stronger. So yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. All right, we got to take another break really quick, and we're going to be back talking to Ray some more about synchronicity. Okay. So this is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. Hi there. This is a, excuse me. This is a commercial for, it was Matt Shea, but now we're changing it to Barrel Full of Monkeys Productions with Matt Shea. Okay, Matt has started a new venture, Barrel Full of Monkeys Productions, and it'll be a collection of Matt's writings in mini-audio form. Doug and myself are a part of a new and fun group, along with KKNW hosts Kevin McDonald and Matt, and our first book is out now, and it's only $5, and you can order at mattsheabooks.net. In the meantime, you can browse Matt's updated and redesigned website. And there's also a brand new free, as of yesterday, we have a brand new free audio book, Judge Alvin Wong in the House That Roared, Mouse That Roared, excuse me. And that's a brand new audio book on his page, and you can download that for free. So Matt would love to hear from you and promises to answer any or all of the questions that you might have if you want to contact him. You can write to him at his personal email address at workinmat7 dot oh workinmat7 at aol dot com. And we've got way more stuff coming out soon. We're working on a new book here soon, so it's going to be fun. So don't forget contact Matt at mattsheabooks.net. I'm Gary Mans. I'm Suzanne Mitchell. We're a couple of baby boomers who bring you a talk radio mix of metaphysics and music, politics, and pop culture. And you never know which celebrity will join us for an interesting conversation. Mance and Mitchell is Boomer HQ, Friday and Saturday mornings at 10 on 1150 AM KKNW. Your home for alternative talk in Seattle and Western Washington. Make us part of your daily routine. Alternative Talk, 1150. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And with me is Mr. Doug Johnston, my co-host. And we have Mr. Ray Grassi on as our guest today. So uh, now we want to talk a little bit. You sent us a couple of articles. I sent it off to, to Doug to read. But you're talking about synchronicity. And, and the word synchronicity, I think, is basically a Jungian word. I'm pretty sure that, right. yes, and uh, that, um, that you can tie your, your chart and your events. You know, when you look at things from a bigger picture, you can see how it's all created type of idea. And this is something that I think I've been aware of for ever since, you know, I started. I, when, I, when I talked to somebody about transits, I said, you just want to be, be careful. If you're having a Pluto transit, you're going to have a lot of Scorpios in your life. It'll be your universe is going to be filled with that stuff. So, you know, and that's synchronicity. So that's just kind of the universe lining up with what you have to go through so you can learn the lessons. So mm-hmm. what, what are you going to say about that? Well, so, uh, astrology is all about synchronicity. Yeah. It's, it's synchronicity writ large in the sense that everything is connected in this a-causal, non-cause-and-effect way um, in terms of it's as above, so below. It's not because the stars affect us or influence us through you know, weird quantum or electrical or you know, uh, gravitational forces. 
it's all tied together in a kind of a symbolic tapestry. And um, and so when the, the planet comes along to affect your chart, it's not that that planet is impacting you in some kind of conventional way. It's that it's a sign. It's a symbol. Mm-hmm. Astrology is part of this broader sort of um, symbolic worldview. So in that last article I did for Mountain Astrologer, I was trying to explain how that it's not just about looking at the horoscope. It's about looking at everything that happens around the time a person is born, right. not just the stars in the sky. Or, for example, the, one of the um, illustrations I use is uh, the, the scientist uh, Nikola Tesla, uh, the inventor. And um, when he was born, he was born in the midst of an electrical storm, which is, is <laughs> yeah. very fitting. You know? <laughs> and that says as much, if not more, than anything in his birth chart. And I yeah. think that you see this time and again with people where, uh, there, there are incidents around their birth that are very powerfully uh, informative about their destiny. Right. And the chart is part of that process. But I think as astrologers, we tend to get very kind of myopic and thinking, well, the chart is all there is, and it's the most important thing. And in some cases it is, but it's, it's, there's many symbols around us besides the planets that we have to pay attention to. Right, exactly. I was just thinking about a story that happened... You know Maggie Nalbandian, right, who from yeah. Astrology at All, when she passed away, uh, when the moment she passed away, there was a gigantic clap of thunder in the sky. And she was an Aries, and she was a kick-and-butt kick Aries. She was that way. I mean, I would call her a woman of thunder. And literally, it was signaling her passage of her life here uh, into the great unknown, left it with a big thunderclap. Hmm? I never heard it. You've never heard of her? No, I never heard that thunder that day. Well, you don't know what day she died. (laughs) There are hundreds of instances like that around both the birth and the deaths of of famous people, even in the Bible. You know, you talk Mm -hmm. about the the birth and death of Jesus was accompanied by signs and symbols, you know, the star in the east when he was born, and then when he died, the supposed earthquake and eclipse. Uh, You know, this is part and parcel of our religious traditions. Right. And uh, and you see it in the Native American, like at the birth of Tecumseh, or it was either the birth or death of Tecumseh, and various great leaders in that tradition. It's in virtue, and the Dalai Lama, one of the things that they used to kind of identify, find the next Dalai Lama, they would call in the uh, the soothsayers to identify the uh, signs and the symbols that point them to where the new Dalai Lama child was. Okay, yeah, that makes sense, though. I've heard about that. Mm-hmm. And you were, I think it's one of the things that you mentioned in your article that, I don't remember who it was when they died, there was a huge earthquake, like literally coincided with the per- death of this person. Um, right, I can't, there are several of those, and I can't remember which one specifically I was... Uh, I think it was maybe in Iran been or Iraq. Or it might have been, I'm not sure... Okay. I'd have to go back and look that up. Yeah. But that's uh, so common. Yeah. You know, it's, um, it's, it's, I mean, you, you can look through those, it, you see it going back into ancient Greece and Egypt. Well, not as much Egypt. The literature isn't quite as vast in this specific way, but you see this with the, the stories of Alexander the Great when he was born or uh, great philosophers, that type of thing. Do you think possibly that it seems to me that back then, that people, when those things happened, would go, oh, it's that, definitely. They would say it's something bigger than us. It's 
it's symbolic of the person passing or whatever. I mean, right now, I don't think anybody would notice that. You know, it seems we're backing up in consciousness in some respects. You know, do you feel that that's happening? I'm not sure I understand the question. You okay. Said people th- thought it was bad. I, did, I didn't quite catch it. Well, it seems that. like back then people were way more spiritual and they connected their lives to the heavens and, and other to things. To the universal. Yeah, exactly. Environment. And, and, and when things happen in the environment, they could say, oh, because this guy died, we had this happen. Okay, and they would just know. This, this was oh, yeah. going on at that time. Yeah, that would be normal noticing for them. But right now. It was very, yeah, it's right. not as common now. Yeah, right. So we've kind of Although backed up. it's still there because he heard, if you remember, for example, when Bernie was gave that, Bernie Sanders gave that speech and that little bird landed on the podium, he, just oh. about everybody looked at that and said that was an omen. And by the same token, and I'm trying not to get political here, so that's not where I'm coming from. By the same token, there's that famous clip um, of uh, Trump posing with the eagle yeah. uh, for a shoot, and the eagle kind of tries to attack him. Yes, and I thought that was perfect. Saying, you know, well, that's kind of an interesting omen of what you know to expect. Right. So it's still there. But the thing is, through history, from the ancient past to the present, it's always... This sort of symbolic thinking has been inextricably uh, entwined with with superstition. So it's sometimes very hard to separate. And I do I, I make a clear distinction between the two, but you know it's very hard to tell because you know it, it's there's a thin line between a very high level sort of perception of symbols and synchronicities and a low level kind of a perception of black cats and number 13 and things that are that's a kind of a crude yeah. bastardization i think right exactly of, of this kind of way of thinking right Ray, one of the transits that i went through that falls into this category it was back when pluto squared pluto in my first house wow so transiting pluto in scorpio and when that happened i nicked a mole on my face shaving and it got infected. Oh. And I went to the doctor with it, and he took seven of them off of my face. Oh, God. He wow. removed all of them. He says, you're going to do the same thing here, so let's just book you in and get these rid of these things. Uh-huh. And I had these great big moles like John Boy on my face. <laughs> and so, you know, it changed everything. I'm so pretty now, it's unreal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course he'd say that. But well, that's a classic Pluto, isn't it? Yeah, it is classic. It's yeah. very classic as far as the transformation, big time. Yeah. in the physical form. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, that's so. Fab- like the U.S. now is is coming into an extremely Plutonian period. Now, which way is it going to go? Is what we're wondering. Is it going to be some kind of purification of the U.S. and a rebirth, or is it going to be? Kind of like descent into the you know the bowels of the earth, like a Persephone symbolism of uh, going into the underworld and all this. It's it, it's it's not faded which way it's going to go because if you look at Pluto uh, returns in other nations like England over the years, you see both happening. You see both dark sort of developments happening as well as you know rebirths like the Elizabethan um elizabeth the first came in under a pluto aspect for england okay a, re- a pluto return and it both brought the uh, inauguration of what's called the golden age in england but it also brought the inauguration of slavery yeah wow you know? yeah so you get both sides of it obviously so. right so this we're, we're entering unknown territory because it is the first pluto return for the u.s yeah isn't that uh, going to be fun 
it feels more like yeah, we're going huh? to actually have the return of the true Constitution. Uh-huh. Oh. That's what it feels like more than anything. What's that? Could what be. About, what about well, the, the Constitution changed in 1871. Oh. So okay. if you get rid of the fact that we had a corporation start in 1868, then there's a change. Okay. We go back under constitutional law. Okay. That makes sense. Getting back to our and roots. That's what, to me, is going on big time. Yeah. That could be. And, you like, know, and as a result, all the stuff. That the United States coming back like a phoenix out of the ashes. Yeah. Yep, it will. So Let's hope. Let's yes. hope, literally. Yes. Yeah. That, to me, is where we're at. And because we, uh, our country is so um, dynamic, and, well, depends on how you view things now, but it's dynamic in the world, and, and everybody is wondering what we're going to do, and we sort of lead the world in a lot of things, that whatever happens here may happen everywhere. So it may be an extension of that across the world. So, um, I mean... And that I, applies... Oh, I'm sorry, go on. I was thinking because of, you know, what happened in England, you know, we lost uh, Meghan and Harry because they said we're abdicating out of the royal family. We're out of here, you know, and nobody had ever done that before, you know. And so um, they want to do a regular life. They don't want to do a royal life. So, well, Duke, the King Eighth, uh, Edward the Eighth did. Oh, OK. But when you he know, married Wallace. Not in conscious memory, anyway. Most of us can't, you know, have not, can't remember anything like That's that. That's how happening. the queen ended up being the queen. Okay. Well, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so it it everything seems to happen for a reason from something else. But um, it's been kind of interesting to watch the development have, of that country. Have you ever looked at his chart, Ray? Which person you're talking about? Edward the Eighth. Uh, no, I haven't. Who married I Wallace Simpson? At Andrews, and that's a whole other story. But go on. I've, I've just I've never looked at that chart, and I just wondered if you had because you look at so many no, charts. Yeah, no, I should, but I never have. I've glanced at it a couple of times, and uh, I just remember how weak he was. You know, there's a weakness in him. You know, that basically said. I'm going to marry the woman I love, and, you know, I'm not going to be part of royalty. Yeah, that's, that's weak. Most yeah. women think that's wonderful. <laughs> well, but she was a controlling woman. She controlled the relationship. So, um, and he married her in spite of all that, you know. But there was a lot of stuff in his chart that you would imply that it would suggest that he's kind of a weakling at that. Now you've got my curious stuff so high I'm going to have to look at it. Oh, you will. I know. <laughs> yeah, you just go to Astro... Celebrity of the Week next week. Astrodata.com. George, the <laughs> We're going to do that one next Edward week. Dave. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> I'll write that down. <laughs> so, anyway, we got to take another break right here, and when we get back, we're going to have our final minutes with Mr. Ray Grassi. This is the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And this is a live read for Susan Bergstrom and the Medicare Exchange. Now, Medicare coverage is a very important and confusing issue as we near retirement, largely because Medicare does not cover 100% of your medical costs, only about 80%. That means we will need affordable supplemental coverage that takes care of that 20%. Susan Bergstrom can help us get the best, pe best coverage for you, and with her, the process is really easy, and in the end, she's probably going to save you some money. So, Susan has some new developments. She's got classes that are available through the programs she represents. The classes are suited for your kids and other kids, too. She also has Legacy Safeguard, a new document that can be 
done to itemize and organize your final wishes, and it's free. So if you need more information, call Susan at 253-318-9379 or email her at sbergstrom at americanseniorbenefits.com. Wherever you go, Alternative Talk 1150 is here for you. And welcome back to the Jupiter Rising Show right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio. And we are talking to Mr. Ray Grassi about just about everything in the universe. Well, he's a, he is such a good talker. That's why. Well, he's a Gemini. What do you he's, expect? What do you think I have him on here for? Well, <laughs> I'm kidding. But, no, but he's extremely articulate and he knows what he's talking about. And I really admire him very much. Strong Gemini trait. Yeah, that's true. So... <laughs> I just happen to know that, being a Gemini, that that's so true. That's right. Isn't it, Ray? (laughs) We're all brilliant. (laughs) So there's six of us here, Pisces, Gemini, Gemini. So we've got two, you know, that's kind of interesting. Where's your moon, Ray? I've never asked. It's in Libra. Oh, Oh. nice. That's very nice, too. Yeah. I'm actually a double one degree apart. Okay. That's interesting. Uh, Oh. Poor guy. With Mars. With Mars, yes. He has Mars in there. So, oh. oh. <laughs> you know, it's no, funny no, when no. you talk to people that know astrology, and you say, well, what do you have? And you go, well, <laughs> I have this. And they go, oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we're having this conversation, like, the rest of the world doesn't have a clue. It's like we're talking about it, and they, you know, they kind of listen, and they go, what did he just say? You know, and I said, we know what he's talking about. <laughs> you know, so anyway, it's kind of fun. So anyway, I want to finish up our conversation about synchronicity. You know, yeah. I think I think the thing about synchronicity is that when you, I, I just sort of always kind of knew it was there, but when you see it written out the way you've written out, I went, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I know that, I know that, I know that, you know. And so it's really a confirmation of what we already know, but it's something that maybe we didn't know and can possibly notice more in the future. Yeah, I think that uh, the sort of things I write, I don't think are radically new, and most people do that sort of, oh yeah, kind of reaction. Right. Um, But I don't think it's, you can never run out of new ways of saying it or Mm -hmm. reframing it, and that's where I think, you know, it's good to, you know, some of the things I've read on synchronicity, I mean, everyone approaches it a little bit differently, I certainly do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I'm just trying to bring a slightly different spin on it. Yeah, and you do a lot of um, very spiritual stuff in there. Where's your Neptune, by the way? What's it aspecting? Uh, it's conjuncting the moon and Libra. Oh, of course. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ah. Of course. Nice. Oh, of course. Oh, that's where you get it. Okay. Trining the sun. Okay, that makes mm-hmm. perfect sense. Yeah. Yeah, so there's always a hint of spiritual. And you're, what's your ascendant? I've never asked that. Virgo rising. Virgo rising. Okay. Don't don't hold it against me. I'm not. We won't, Mr. Mutable. But (laughs) it makes a lot of sense why you write so well. Yeah, you do. You have a a real gift for. And the thing is, I love is you cover every detail. You know, (laughs) every detail. And I remember reading for your first time for the article about stationary planets, which is I have to tell you, and I owe you this. You know, as soon as I get this book done, it's it's kind of a weird thing writing this book because I don't know where the half half the time I am am on the book because it seems like there's not much written about it. So I'm going to have to create my own way through it. But um, 
reading your opinions and your um, and your data that backed up what your theories were were so good. And you know the the mundane aspects of it, you know the personal aspects, all that kind of right. stuff. It really helped shine a different light on on stationary plants. And then I got excited about it. So thank you for writing that. It's made well, a real... by the way, for people that don't quite know what we're talking about, a lot of these articles are on astro.com, which is the Astro Deanst website. Right. And so if you were to go to astro.com and just type in my name, Ray Grassi, on the uh, search box, you'll find a lot of these articles, like including the one that you just talked about, about station points. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. And that's a part of uh, Under a Sacred Sky. It's a chapter in that that's, book. Yeah, that's also in the book, Under a Sacred Sky. That okay, I wrote. that's good. So, yeah, and because of that, both Doug and I are obsessed about stationary planets now. So, Love it. Yep. Uh, they yep. seem to play out so strong. Yeah, they in do. In different charts, you just see it so easy. Yep, and you can practically guess it. You know, I like to kind of guess when I'm looking up for somebody for the first time. So, says, okay, what's obsessive in their life? What do they do really well or... What's been a thing that's chased them around, or they've chased it, you know? And it's usually that planet for some reason. Yeah, you can often guess, and it is uncanny how often you'll think, "Boy, this person." Uh, there was a person that I um, uh, was uh, got to know, and I said, "You know, the Uranus isn't very strong in this chart." And then I, I thought for sure this person would have a strong Uranus since they were so independent and into science and in- inventions. Yeah, and then I looked up the chart, and they were born on the day of a Uranus station point, within like two days of Dizzy Gillespie. Interestingly, because he was kind of an innovator in wow. different yeah. ways, and he well, also interesting is Dizzy Gillespie was into like modern physics and science, and would try to explain his uh, music through these scientific sort of analogies. Yeah. And by the way, you know, we we have we're entering right now. A period of like four very important station points. Oh yes, let's and talk about them. September into early October. That is that's a powerhouse set of energies. We've got uh, Mars. I think is changing directions on the ninth and Aries, which is a pretty volatile one. Then we've got um, I think it's Jupiter on the twelfth of September in Capricorn. Then we've got the Saturn station direct on September 28th or 9th. Right. And then we've got the Pluto station October 4th. So we're kind of riding the rapids the next four weeks, five weeks or so. Yeah, we are. And it's not all, and it's affecting people differently. For mm-hmm. example, I, I have a, a, a number of Virgo clients who I think are you know, going to really benefit from it in terms of career or work or whatever because of the way it's trining out their planets. And I think it's going to be tough for other people. Like I mentioned Prince Andrew before. He's got his Mars-Venus in late degrees Capricorn. Mm-hmm. And I think that you know when that Saturn and Pluto at the end of September, early October, I think he could get whacked. And I'm not quite sure how, whether that's going to be something legal yeah. or something that gets exposed through court documents or something. But right. You know, you're going to see different people, and Trump's going to be hit pretty hard with it. I don't think that's going to take him out of office. I just think you can see stress points in a politician's life yeah. when mm-hmm. these things come up, and he's certainly going to be riding the rapids himself the next five, six weeks or so. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Okay, so, you know, and I kind of, I kind of want to have you on again between now and the election. So, because I'd like to talk more about that, because there's a whole lot of stress points going on right around the election point. You know, right. I know that right. I know that Mercury is stationary, going either direct, direct. or retrograde. It goes direct on it goes that direct, day. Yeah, on that day, 
Yeah. You know, Squared and I by think Saturn. That was, yeah. Oh, that Good just time. gives that gives me that gives me nightmares just thinking about that. Anyway, so um, I kind of want to have you on one more time before we we go into that period, maybe in October sometime, so we can talk yeah. about the upcoming events. So, Ray, thank you so much for being on the show today. Sure. It was awesome as usual. My pleasure. Thanks. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Fun talking with you, Ray. Fun talking. Yep. You too. Thanks thank you. Bye bye. Okay, so. He's always awesome. I tell you, he just... fun person. Yep. And then in a couple of weeks, we'll have on Jackie Slevin, so that'll be good, too. So anyway, uh, our our readings are, you know, our events that are going on right now. I still haven't done anything at the Pizza Casa. I'm kind of holding back on that a bit, but we'll see what happens. And again, uh, the uh, Burrs is going to open up when it's phase three, so we'll see what happens. But I may go back and do readings on either one of those two places. And also, I have the horoscope that I do for 1150kknw.com. It's done every Monday. I re- it is up by noon on Mondays. So it's a weekly horoscope. So, And imagine how good it was when I was doing it, and I found that Gemini uh, Star of David thing. That was pretty cool. Well, I know you got excited. I was more than excited. Are you kidding? So anyway, um, how do we get a hold of you? Uh, the best way is to call 206-769-4924 or text. Okay, and then you can also get, uh, you can get a hold of Ray. I just want to mention this real quick, real quick. You can get a hold of him at uh, Ray Grassy, G-R-A-Y-G-R-A-S-S-E dot com. And also he has uh, photography, Photography dot com too. And he takes some wonderful pictures. And you can get a hold of me at EileenGrimes.com or JupiterRisingShow.com too. So, uh, anyway, so next week we have on Michelangelo, who has been on before. He talked Fun about... Fun guy. Hmm? Fun guy. He is awesome. And he talked about, uh, what was it, Mario Alonso last time, I think? Yep. Yep. And this time he's going to be talking about Rachmaninoff. Because nice. he wrote a big, huge thing on him. And he's a fabulous composer. He really was. And it'll be interesting because his music is kind of dark sounding. So it'll be interesting to hear what mm-hmm. he has to talk about. So he'll be on next week. And then following week, we have on Jackie Slevin again. So we have to have Nate get some music lined up for him. Yes, we're get, I'm right. going to talk about that right after the show's over. I think he, I mentioned it last week, but he said, remind me when we get closer to it, okay? I said, okay. So, <laughs> so anyway, you know what? I think that's it. We had a great show today. And watch out for this Sunday night at midnight. Do no, s- just enjoy it. Have fun. Don't watch out for it. No. Enjoy it. Well, you know, I mean, you could kind of do a meditation or sit out in the, sit out in the field under the moon if the moon's out at that time of day, but it isn't. It's below the earth. Never I would mind. look for them all to manifest what they want to bring into their world. That's right. Manifest, you know, and something that's personal, something that's universal, something that will affect the entire planet. So it's a good time that we all link up yep. to do that. So, so anyway, I think that's it for us. And um, Nathan, thank you again for a great show. And we will be seeing you next week right here on the Jupiter Rising Show, right here on KKNW Alternative Talk Radio.